Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, everyone. I am so glad you're here. Are you excited to be here this morning? I am not Pastor Eric. (laughs) Pastor Eric is not here this morning. Um, He texted me on Friday night and said he was in the ER. He said, can you fill in for me Sunday morning? (laughs) I said, sure. (laughs) So it's kind of last minute, and I'll maybe talk more about that in a few minutes. But um, I told Pastor Eric, we've got you covered. We've got you covered, so we're going to take care of it. So to start off this service today, um, before Adrian comes and leads us in worship, we're going to look at a couple of the announcements just to make sure we're on the same page as a church here. <coughs> um, this afternoon, after the service, uh, the firefighters um, barbecue, you can still get tickets, but it's going to cost you a dollar more at the door. Um, but it's worth it to go. So if you don't have your tickets, um, as long as they have food, which as I talked with Dawn earlier, she said pretty sure they're going to have enough food there for you. So check it out if you want to. Oh, and there's a picture of it on the screen right there. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, Next Sunday, March 13th, is that wonderful time of year, daylight savings time. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) So set your clocks ahead so that you can make sure and get here at the right time um, next Sunday. And then also here, um, there's going to be a special offering for the Ukraine next Sunday that will be taken up at the end of the service to help with humanitarian efforts um, in the Ukraine. And then we've got the missions convention coming up um, March 26th through the 27th. Um, we've got uh, two different people who are going to be speaking, Paul and Rosemary Nelson, on Saturday the 26th at 6.30, and then Brandon and Rachel Powell. Um, from Thailand, we'll be sharing on Sunday morning. Um, and then we all love to clean, right? <laughs> April 9th, um, there's a church cleanup day from 9 o'clock until noon. So if you're interested, um, I encourage you to let Pastor Eric know um, and then come and help clean the church. So we're going to go right into worship. Adrian. I'm glad to say it's going to be leading us in worship today, and I think he's excited to share with you this morning. So let's stand as we begin our service today. We're going to celebrate to start today, the greatest day in history. The greatest day in history. If death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive.
and I stand in that place free at last meeting face to face I am yours Jesus you are And this joy, perfect peace, earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive. get ready to go into um, what Robbie's going to preach to us real soon. Um, we're just going to quiet down a little bit and just think about um, what Jesus has done for us and that we have victory in him now. All right, let's sing it. Hallelujah.
you. Thank you for the beauty and the change of seasons as we head into springtime and for the promise of new life. Um, I pray that you bless the rest of the service and bless Robbie as he um, reads us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, I think Jeb is here today. I think so. <gasps> Do you know what time it is? It's time for the AG Express Kids Ministry. So at this time, if all the kiddos can get up on their feet and head to the back door with Miss Jackie, we're going to have a great time down in Kids Church. Let's go! All right, and if you want to be seated, thank you, Robbie, for on short notice helping us out here.
All right, so the kids are gone. <laughs> Just making sure we followed through and did everything that we're supposed to do. So the announcements, thank you, Adrian, for um, Friday. Pastor Eric was not, he was in a lot of pain, put it that way, is what he told me. Um, so I think it'd be appropriate for us this morning before we share the message to pray for our pastor, right? So I think we should do that. Um, and just take a minute right now. Yep, if you want to raise your hands, whatever. I just, I really feel it's important that we do that uh, before we go on. So, Lord, I thank you um, for our pastor. And Lord, I just pray an anointing and a blessing over him this morning. God, you said in your word, by your stripes, we are healed. And God, we claim that promise this morning. And we stand upon the truth of your word that you would bring healing to his body. You would give him rest, not only physically, but also spiritually and emotionally as well. God, just strengthen him right now in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you that Pam is here and pray that you would help her to be a support and an encouragement to him. Um, Lord, just let your will be done in their lives. We just pray your blessing. Thank you for the blessing that they are to our church. And we just lift them up before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking a minute to do that this morning. It's so important. <clears throat> well, anyway, it was 9 o'clock on Friday night. <laughs> Pastor Eric texts me, and normally I'm sleeping by that time because <laughs> I get up early, usually 4.30 in the morning, um, to get ready for work. And I'm thinking, why is Pastor Eric texting me on Friday night? <laughs> he says, I'm in the ER. Can you fill in for me on Sunday morning? Really? <laughs> um, you know, I've done it be before. The last time I shared was in December, I think, I shared a message. Um, really not on such short notice. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it. You know what? Um, the first ministry place that I was at was in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and something similar happened to me before. Um, actually, it was that Sunday morning. Um, I was at church early like I normally was, and the, one of the board members was there. His name is Joe Paris, and he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But he said, hey, um, pastor just called, and he's not going to be here this morning. Um, are you ready to preach? <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, 23, 24, 25 years old. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not. <laughs> he said, no problem. I'll cover for you. So I was so thankful um, for Joe Paris to step in that Sunday morning. And you got you to have a picture of who Joe is. Uh, he was probably in his 50s, mid-50s at the time. He was a big guy, an Italian. Um, and he was one of our worship leaders. And he had this monstering voice, all right? And he liked to sweat a lot. <laughs> so he was up there. He was preaching. You know, he shared the word that God placed on his heart to share. It could have been a Sunday school lesson or something that God put on his heart. But I remember being so thankful for that board member for that Sunday morning. <clears throat> but as pastor shared with me on Friday, you know what? Can you fill in? You know, immediately I thought of something that I wanted to share this morning. And then as I look through some of the stuff that, that I've, I have, and 
I thought, no, I'm, I shouldn't do that. This is what I need to do. And I kept on coming back to what I'm going to share with you this morning. So, again, I was a little hesitant, but I'm a few years older now. <laughs> um, so hopefully we'll see what happens. Um, yesterday I met with a few friends after work, um, and they said, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. So the one thing I do know is that you are not here on accident. God's got a mess. I about it. And that's the important thing we're going to want to do because God, God wants to, us to hear this morning. And that's what we're going to want to do because God wants to touch your heart. He wants to touch your heart. It's not enough just to come to church. We need to listen to what God is speaking to us. So part of that listening um, comes with getting your Bibles out. Now, I don't know if you come with a Bible, um, whether it's on your iPad or iPhone or whether it's a physical Bible, but man, I like using Bibles. Um, and to me, it's important to do that. And so I want to have you turn to 2 Kings chapter 21, and we're going to read 18 verses in just a minute, but I'm going to have you turn there. Uh, and you can follow along on the screen because Anthony and Dave so kindly put that up for us this morning. Um, but there's just something about having the Word of God in our hands. Um, when I'm sitting over there and Pastor Eric is preaching, um, I do two things. I got my Bible, but I'm also taking notes. Because I'll let you on a little secret. If I don't take notes, I kind of lose focus. <laughs> and I, it's hard to pay attention sometimes. Um, and you just zone out. So if you're like me, you might want to get a piece of paper and a pen um, and take some notes. And it's not important what I say, but it's what God is speaking to you as the word of God is being presented. Because that's what's important. Um, it's listening to what God is speaking to your heart. <clears throat> so as you're turning there, I've got a question to start off. Have you ever forgotten something in your life? <laughs> yep, raise your hand. <laughs> You know what? I turned 52 this week. Now, for, yeah, thank you. For some of you, that's not old. <laughs> for some of you, that's young. Gene's sitting here in the front row. You're only 52. <laughs> but you know what? I turned 52 this week. And um, you know, I've been forgetting some things sometimes. You know, I work at UPS. So I have my UPS shirt on here because um, I'm a proud UPS worker. Um, I work hard. It's not an easy job. Um, it's my daily exercise program. Um, but I was trying to think of a name of somebody that started work the same time I did. And I was sitting in my truck, and I'm thinking, what is his name? And I don't know what you do when you forget something. I'll go through the alphabet, like A, B... No, that doesn't sound familiar. See, you try to think, maybe if I can associate something. Anybody been there? <laughs> you know, a couple weeks later, I finally figured it out. <laughs> I know what his name is. <laughs> um, and then this week, um, I deliver packages. That's what I do for a job. You know, they're in the truck. I don't load the truck. And they're in my truck. I drive to a place, grab a package, put it at the door, and then go to someplace else. All right? So it's kind of like a game of Pac-Man that I play every day, but it's a lot more stressful and more intense 
Uh, because if you can think of your area as a Pac-Man grid, how do you effectively get off all of those stops without going all the way over the place? You ever play Pac-Man, right? You want to get those dots off the screen. So every delivery is a dot. So this week, three times, I'd forgotten a few dots in an area. <laughs> so I had to go back to that area. And it gets really frustrating for me because I want to do it efficiently. And it wastes time because you got to go all the way back. And then you're thinking, man, if only I would have delivered it when I was there. So it happened three times in one day. And the, the bad thing about it is like not 15 seconds before, I was reminding myself, okay, I need to stop at this spot right here. And then I zoom right on by it. <laughs> Been there, done that, yes. So, you know, sometimes can be a good thing. We're going to look at a Bible. Um, I'm going to be sharing a few thoughts. I've been rereading this book called Finishing Strong. Um, and it's more of a, a book written for guys. The author's name is Steve Farrar. Um, but it's just, it just tries to encourage through this book, you know, it's not how you start that counts, but it's how you finish in the end. And we're going to look at somebody who finished strong. Um, and that person's name I'm going to share in just a minute. Um, but I want to share the main idea before we read this passage. And it's this, if God forgets our past failures by his grace, so can we. If God forgets our failures, so can me, so can we. I grew up going to Sunday school every Sunday. In fact, there's Jim right there. Jim was one of my Sunday school teachers. And actually, Judy says she wasn't, but Judy was taught preschool and I don't know if I was there the whole time, but I remember visiting, and Judy was the preschool teacher when I was in preschool, and that was only a couple years ago, all right? <laughs> but anyway, anybody else grow up going to Sunday school? Oh, yeah. Okay, we remember stories from Sunday school, the main ones like, you know, Noah's Ark, um, Mo David and Goliath crossing the Red Sea. But you know what? There's one story I don't recall remembering hearing in Sunday school. And that is from Second Chronicles, or, or Second Kings, which we're going to read in just a minute here. It's the story of Manasseh. Can anybody here tell me the story of Manasseh this morning? He's a bad dude, and we're going to read about that in a minute. You're right. But did you ever hear about Manasseh in Sunday school? It's not a very good preschool lesson for Judy when she taught, all right? It may have been good for Jim to teach it in the high school class, I don't know. Um, but I don't remember hearing the story of Manasseh. But I, what's that? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to read it in just a minute here. <clears throat> but we're going to look at his life and what happened in the life of Manasseh. So let's get to 2 Kings chapter 21, and the best way to do it is just read it. So I'm going to read through it um, and then share it with you this morning. So let's start with verse 1, and again, it's 18 verses, but it's the Word of God, so it's important to know the story. So here it is. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother's name was Hepzibah. There's a good name for you. <laughs> Any takers? <laughs> he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. 
following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah, and that's important, his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He also erected altars to Baal and made an Ahasuerus pole as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. And remember, Ahab was not a good king. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the name of the Lord, of which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. In the two courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. Can you see why this is not a very good preschool Sunday school lesson? Um, he carved, uh, he did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the carved Ahasuerus pole he had made and put it in the temple, of which the Lord had said, David and his son Solomon, in this temple in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of, or I will, they will be careful to do it, but the people evil and the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Did you catch that? Israel was more evil than the pagan nations. Manasseh, king of Judah, had committed these detestable sins. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to bring a disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hear it will tingle. I will stretch over Israel the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it on one side and turning it upside down. I will forsake the remnants of my inheritance and give them to the hands of the enemies. They will be looted and plundered by all, plundered by all their enemies. They have done evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. Moreover, Manasseh had shed so much blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end, besides the sin he had caused Judah to commit. So they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. As for the other events of Manasseh's reign and all he did, including the sin he committed, are they not written in the books of the annals of the kings of Judah? Manasseh rested with his ancestors and was buried in the palace garden, the garden of Uzzah, and Ammon, his son, succeeded him as king. Pretty interesting Sunday school story, huh? <laughs> Manasseh was one evil dude, <laughs> all right? He wasn't walking with the Lord. And he did worse than his enemies. But do you remember who his father was? Who was his father? Hezekiah was his father. Now think about this. And if you want to turn there, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 5 through 7. It's just one... Um, one or two chapters back. <clears throat> Listen about Hezekiah. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord God had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he took. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. Who was Manasseh's father? 
Hezekiah. And here's a freebie for this morning. Just because your parents are Christians, just because you're in a family of Christians doesn't mean you're a Christian. Look at the life of Manasseh. His dad was Hezekiah. And what did God say about, or this passage say about Hezekiah? There was no one like him among the kings of Judah. He brought order back to Israel. But what happened to Manasseh? We don't know exactly what happened. But if you think about it, I think Manasseh got what he deserved, right? The blood that was shed and everything that happened to him. But now we need to read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. <laughs> and now for the rest of the story, right? We're not going to end on this note, this guy just killing people, right? Is that all there is? Well, fortunately, we have the book of Second Chronicles. So we're going to turn to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 33, and read verses 10 through 20. So I'll give you a minute to turn there, or you can just follow on the screen right here. But I want to read the rest of the story because this is where the message comes in this morning about forgetting the past. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Syria who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. And here's them, his dad, but then looked favor of the Lord his God, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty, and he listened to his plea, so that he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew the Lord his God. Afterward, he rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David west of Gihon Spring in the valley, in the entrance of the fish gate encircling the hill of Ophel, he also made it much higher. He stationed military commanders in all the fortified cities in Judah. He got rid of all the foreign gods and removed the image from the temple of the Lord, as well as the altars he had built in the temple hill and in Jerusalem, and he threw them out of the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed fellowship offerings and thank offerings and told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. The people, however, continued to sacrifice at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. The other events of Manasseh's reign, including his prayer to his God and the words the seer spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are written in the annals of the kings of Israel. His prayer and how God moved by his entreaty, as well as all of his sins um, and the sites where he built high places, all these are written in the records of the seers. Manasseh rested with his ancestors and was buried in his palace, and his son Ammon succeeded him as king. Aren't you thankful for the rest of the story? <laughs> How many are familiar with this story? <laughs> it's a reminder <laughs> for some of us about what happened here. So what's the point? And, and here it is. No one. No one, no one is beyond God restoring a relationship with him. No one. Think about this. How many years after and all the evil that Manasseh had done and he repented? Part of me inside wants to say, God, how could you do that? 
this guy deserves this and this, and he doesn't deserve your mercy. But God, in his mercy, looked at him, and he repented, and God forgave him. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? Thankful for the mercy of God in your life? You know, this story gives me hope. And I'm going to share some thoughts from my life. Um, You know, going through a divorce, being a pastor, I thought ministry for me was over. Um, I was beaten down. I thought there was no way that God wanted to use me again. But by the grace of God, lots of prayer, um, good friends, family, um, you know, God brought me through that. Now, going through a divorce is nowhere near what Manasseh had done, but still it felt as bad to me, all right? We all have a past that we might not want to share with somebody because it's not something that we want to bring out. Now, I'm not sure what happened in your life or maybe what you have done, but I want to tell you that God has not given up on you. God never gives up on you. And he's waiting just like Manasseh. His prayer was recorded. We don't have it exactly, but can you imagine that prayer? Just Manasseh before God and all that confession coming out saying, oh man, look what I've done. And then experiencing God's forgiveness. You are a prayer away from turning your life around. One simple prayer away. This morning, I want to put a, a picture up here. And you know what? It's only the beginning of my message, but I, I want to give an altar call for salvation right now. <laughs> because I, I don't know, it could mean the heart to the Lord wall um, in my room. The importance of every day I'm looking at this picture and it's a reminder of the importance of salvation, of what Jesus has, has done in our lives. Um, and it, it's pretty simple. Um, on one side, you've got man who is a sinner. And on the other side, you see a picture of heaven. And you, and you really can't see it really well, but there's arrows pointing. And you, there's a ton of people walking. And it looks like they're walking to heaven, but they're not. It's straight to the pit of hell. The way to heaven is through the cross. And that's what Jesus pro- provided for us when he died on the cross for our sins. And he rose again. And the way to salvation is putting our faith and our trust in the Lord. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God. And again, maybe you're listening online and you're thinking, man, how can God forgive me? You know what? I don't know. I don't understand God's mercy. But I'm thankful for God's mercy and that God does forgive us. And it comes when we repent of our sin. So I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. You don't have to repeat it with me. But if you know you're not right with God, all you got to do is say, God, make it right, and he will. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity we have to seek you. And God, I pray that we would confess our sin to you and trust you that you have provided hope for us through Jesus, death and resurrection. God, may we walk that step of faith and begin to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, I'm not sure if you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you're listening online, you've never done that. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. 
In fact, I would encourage you to let Pastor Eric know. <laughs> um, I think that would make his day um, if you would let him know. I, I mean, I prayed that prayer, and God is working in my life. Um, let somebody know. But that's the greatest decision that you can make. And just like Manasseh, God can use you to change. And God can change your heart if you repent. So there's two things that I want to share about the life of Manasseh. Um, and two main thoughts. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. And we're just going to read this simple verse here. And I think Anthony has that. And actually, the neat thing about this verse, it's also in Luke chapter 3, verse 8. I never realized that. Matthew 3, 8 and Luke 3, 8 are the exact same verse. And here's what it says. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And here's the main thought, one of the main things that we learned from the life of Manasseh. Genuine repentance will unlock the door of God's mercy in your life. When you repent of your sin, and you mean it in your heart, God forgives you, and you are a new person. So have you ever had someone hurt you and apologize, and then they kept on doing the same thing over and over again? <laughs> yeah, Amen. Well, I heard that. It happens quite a bit. You know, that's not true repentance. Um, I was in junior Bible quiz when I grew up as a kid, um, and I learned the definition of repentance, and it's simply this, having a change in mind, heart, and direction. And simply, you're walking this direction, and all of a sudden you change, you turn around, and you walk in this direction. That's what it means to repent. That's what happened in the life of Manasseh. All right? He was walking in a bad direction, but he had an encounter with God that changed him forever. God forgave him, and he repented. Repentance. Be repentant. It's like an apple tree. I like apples. Anybody here like apples? <clears throat> doctor says apple a day, or you eat an apple a day, you keep the doctor away, right? I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, eat healthy, all right? <laughs> Um, it's good for you. But anyway, if you see an apple tree, what do you expect to see on that apple tree? Apples. You don't expect to see oranges, right? So um, a couple years ago, actually it's more than a couple years now, my son and I, Zachary, planted a garden. We planted pumpkins, zucchini, um, some corn. You know, I planted these seeds. I put corn in the ground after we tilled the ground um, Messed up the dirt a little bit, covered the seed. I mean, Dave, he's planting his garden. Is it next week? No, I don't know when you're doing it. <laughs> but you'll be planting a lot of stuff really soon, right? Um, when you put that corn in the ground, you don't expect carrots to come out, right? I don't like carrots. <laughs> I know they're good for you, you're right. <laughs> but when you, when you plant corn, you expect corn to come up. When you plant pumpkins, you explant pumpkins to come up. Well, it's the same way. If you say that you've repented of sin, you're going to see the right type of fruit in your life. And let me remind you what that fruit is, Galatians chapter 5. And I think we all know this verse, but I want to remind you again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If you've repented of your sins, people are going to see that fruit in your life. If they don't see love, they don't see patience, they don't see kindness, they may begin to question, did that person really <laughs> do what they meant they said they were going to do? You know? And so how do we know that Manasseh repented? Well, look at what it says in verse 15 and 16. He got rid of the foreign gods. He removed the image from the temple as well as the altars, and he threw them out of the city. He restored the altar of the Lord um, and sacrificed fellowship offerings and thank offerings on it. He told Judah to serve the Lord. He put actions to his words. He changed, right? He repented. He was walking this direction, and he turned around. He didn't just say, I'm sorry, and then just kept about his business. Now think about it. Those apples that we like to eat that are on the tree, um, at one of the places that I lived at, we had an apple tree in our front yard. <laughs> it was great to go out and grab an apple <laughs> um, and just be able to eat an apple. But you know what? How many know it? The apple just doesn't grow just like that. It takes good soil. It takes time. It takes water. It takes sunshine for that to appear um, on the apple tree. And the same is true in our spiritual life. All of a sudden, you just don't say, okay, I'm going to turn my life over and Boom, there's fruit right there immediately. It takes time. There's a process that we go through, and that process is called discipleship. It's our day-by-day -day relationship with God, saying, okay, God, I want to listen to your voice because I want the good fruit to show in my life. So as we take the time to read the Bible and pray, eventually that fruit is going to show. So here's my question this morning. Is your fruit showing? <laughs> Is your fruit showing? Do people see the fruit of God in your life? You know, one way I like to explain it is, what do we have to offer people? You know, our lives, we're to give our lives to others. And I want to be something good for people to eat, all right? I don't want to have something that's, that's not good. I want to offer something good to people. So let's offer love, joy, Peace, develop that relationship. And I want you to... 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9, 10, and 11. And then you can follow on there, or you can follow in your Bibles. <clears throat> or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And here's the key verse. And that is what some of you were. That is what some of you were. God forgets the past. But you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God. So what's the thing we learn about Manasseh? Your past life does not exclude you from present service. When you get saved, when you turn your heart over to the Lord, you can't stay in the past. God's pushing you forward because he's got a plan for your life. He's got something for you to do. 
And just like Manasseh, what did he do? He repented, he turned around, and he changed everything. He tore down the idols, and he repented, and God forgave him. Now, if there's anybody who would truly understand what happened in Manasseh's life, I think it would be the Apostle Paul. Remember what Paul did? He persecuted Christians, right? Can you imagine the guilt that Paul must have felt, possibly at some times, about what he had put people through? Maybe he identified with Manasseh. I don't know. But anyway, Paul boldly says, that is what some of you were. Aren't you glad that's not what we are? But God has changed us into what we can become and what we are becoming. They were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. You see, the enemy wants to keep us bound in our past and the mistakes that we have made. But God looks at us and he says, you are forgiven. Go make a difference in somebody's life. You can do it. I'll be there with you. It's taken me some time to come to realize this in my life, but just like Manasseh, you know, I have repented of sin. Um, when I was in um, one of the churches I was at, and this is right before and, and during the whole um, upheaval of my life, um, God and I had some talks together, <laughs> and I spent some time at the altar at church and just repenting of sin, and God cleansed me of sin. And it's just, I remember that time of just sitting before God, thinking, you know, I made mistakes in my marriage, I made mistakes in my life, and I asked God to forgive me. I'm not going to go into what those were, because that's not important right now, but I want you to know that God forgave me. I had an encounter with God, and it changed me. But then, came back here, um, again, I was not in good condition <laughs> at all. Um, and with the help of Pastor Eric and my family and friends, um, you know, I met with Pastor Eric, and we went out to eat one time, and he reassured me, you know what? God's not done with you. God's still got a plan for your life. So what did he do? Slowly, with his guidance and help and encouragement, I began leading worship again here at church. And then began teaching, this, we called it Sunday school then, now it's called grow groups. Um, and now I'm teaching that grow group again. Um, you know that being with my church family is the highlight of my week? <laughs> I don't know if it's the same thing for you. But I did my check marks. I love <laughs> Because we get to talk and share with one another. Um, and sitting in back and just talking with people and, and connecting with some of you. I'm thankful for that I've gotten to know some of you. I haven't gotten to know all of you by any means. But we grow by getting to know one another, and I so appreciate being a part of this church um, because it's a life source for me, and I hope it is for you as well. Um, God is using me to make a difference in people's lives, and I want to continue to use those gifts regardless of my past. So here's a question for you. What is your past like? Does the enemy have you trapped into thinking you've messed up so much that God can't use you anymore? I'm telling you, don't let him do that. Don't buy into that lie. 
If you've turned your life over to Jesus, you have a future and you can change people's lives as well. It's never too late. Can I say that again? It's never too late. I don't know what you've done in the past, but if you say, you know what, God, I, I um, confess my sin to you, I'm sorry, and then you start praying and you start reading your Bible, you start coming to church, you start living the way you're supposed to be living, that fruit's going to come out and you're going to start and you're going to begin to make a difference in other people's lives as well. And that's the whole purpose of church. And speaking of the purpose of church, I'm putting in my two cents right now about connect, grow, and go. Because I can't tell you enough. That is not just a, a, a piece of, or a statement on a piece of paper. That has to be right here in our hearts. Because it's not just a mission and vision statement from Pastor Eric. It's the mission and vision of our church, of our lives. We are to connect with God each and every day, to connect with each other. And then we're to grow in our relationship by God by spending time with him each day. And then we're to go and do what God is calling us to do. Connect, grow, go. So if that's not your reason for being here this morning, make that your reason next Sunday to come to church is to connect with God, to grow as you get involved with one another and to go and do what God wants you to, to do with your life. One last thing about Manasseh um, before Adrian comes back, and we're going to go into a time of worship. And it's this. Do you know what the name Manasseh means? Exactly right. Manasseh means forgotten. <laughs> He's cheating. <laughs> ah, no wonder. <laughs> Anthony, you put that up too early. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 17 says this, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. You know, I may forget somebody's name and I may forget to deliver a package, but I don't want to remember my sins. I don't want to remember the past because God has forgotten the past. He has forgotten your past if you give him that opportunity to forget the past. So to review, genuine repentance unlocks the door of God's mercy in your life. And your past does not exclude you from ministry. You've got a job to do. And I'm telling you, you better start doing it <laughs> because that's what God has called you to do. And you need to start developing even more so that fruit. You know, for some of us, it's easier than others to forget the past. We think, man, how can God forgive me? But as I thought about this, and as we're getting ready, um, he loved me, and God will do the same to give him a second chance at the end of his life. And God will do the same thing for you. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I want to remind you this morning, and if this is the only thing that you remember, (laughs) so be it. But I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you. But God gave his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know your past. You know your past. But maybe God is saying, just like Manasseh, it's time to forget that past and trust that God's future for you is great. And that can start at this altar right here this morning. It's up to you. We're going to sing this song, Oh, How He Loves Us. I just, I love the words. He is jealous for me. He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of the the afflictions eclipsed by his glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are, how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. God loves us this morning. He loves you. And then this second verse. We are his portion. He is our prize. Drawn to redemption. He redeems us by the grace in his eyes. He's looking at us and he's saying, I love you. I love you. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking in it this morning. And heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. My heart turns violently inside my chest. And here, I don't have time to maintain these regrets. We may regret some of the things that have happened in the past, but God says, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I care about you. Again, I don't know what you're facing. And again, it's between you and God. I can't do this. Pastor Eric can't do this. Your spouse can't do this. You need an encounter with God. If it's been a while since you've had an encounter with God, I want to encourage you, use this next song that we're going to sing and let the Holy Spirit remind you that he has forgotten and he loves you. He has forgotten your sin and he cares about you. You bow your heads. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the story of King Manasseh and how you changed his life. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of how much you love us and care for us. And God, if there's somebody here this morning who would say, I really don't understand how God can love me. God, I pray that they would swim in that ocean of your grace and mercy this morning. May they find forgiveness at this altar. Thank you, God, for this privilege we have to worship you and to give our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're able to, you can go ahead and stand with us. Eclipsed by glory, 
and I realized just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. Sing it again. And oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Sing that first verse again. He's jealous for us. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me
we're going to sing one last song, all because of Jesus. And I'm going to remind you, um, before we head into this, that today is Mission Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the month. So um, remember those pledges that you've given um, to yourself and to God of what you'd like to give towards missions. And um, you can give in the box outside on your way out. Um, so go ahead, Rob. Follow me. Right. All right. Give her of every breath. Give her of every breath I breathe. Author of all eternity. Give her of every perfect Man's love, and it's so. 
blessing of our gathering today. I pray for all those going to the chicken barbecue that we can go there to support um, our emergency workers and for wherever else people might be going today that you'd be with us and with us through the week until we meet again on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen.